everyone. Welcome back to the Working Tools Podcast. We're here with part two with the group from the Sons of Hiram Riding Club. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. I'm David Colbeth. I'm joined with our my co-host Stephen Chung out of Kelowna, British Columbia, and Matt Apple up in North Seattle, District Ooh. Two, Washington. Also with our guests tonight, Worship Brother Glenn Butler and Worship Brother Matt Runyon from the Sons of Hiram Writing Club, joining us to talking about their organization here in Washington. I guess I should say our organization since I'm a member. You know, sporting my sporting my vest tonight. So we were just we were just talking a little bit about family involvement, and uh, Glenn, just in the break here, we were you were mentioning that uh, how much your wives are involved, even in lodge, not just in. And I, I think you were talking about also how the social aspect has has come from the club into lodge and has really developed in the lodge culture. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. So so um, like I mentioned before, with with our club, uh, Matt and I sat down and we and we we really we don't like drama. Um, we like fellowship. We like to have fun. Um, that's, and that's something that, that, uh, Matt brought to the lodge when he took over the lodge. Oh gosh, I don't know how many years ago when he became a master of the lodge, he brought the same type of focus in. So when, when Matt became the VP and him and I started really focusing on, on the club and, and what we want to do, we brought that aspect into the club. Well then it took us a few years, but we brought that back into the lodge to the point where a lot of a lot of the fellowship and uh, brotherhood of our lodge is a lot like our, our bike club now. But we do have that separation between lodge and, and club. We don't wear our vests in lodge. Um, we have a we have a dress vest like I have behind me here. Um, that's an embroidered vest. Um, but when before we go into lodge, we take those off. We put on our suit coats. Lodge is lodge, club is club. So we want to keep that separation from those two. Um, just, just to keep people from thinking that, that our club is trying to take over our lodge and become a lodge. And that's, that's far from what we want. We want the same morals and, and aspects of masonry in our club, but not, not have the club influence the lodge. Yeah, we, we, uh, you know, we want our brothers in the riding club to wear our vests or the, the dress vests even to other lodges, but we don't want if you're an officer of a, a lodge to, we don't want you to wear the vest because riding club is one thing. It's not running a blue lodge. So we make sure that, that that's separated. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring my vest and wear it to things and then I'll hang it up and put my sport coat on or, or my yeah. tux coat on just like you are talking about. I've seen some guys kind of wear them into lodge and I think, uh, you know, I, I get it. They want to support things and it is Masonic and you know, they're they're. but I agree. It should be a separate thing. 
Well, we never want to get, you know, have, have the illusion to Grand Lodge that we're turning anything into a motorcycle club because we're not a motorcycle club. We're a riding club, you know, a fraternal brothers. And that's why we try and keep it separated. And, you know, we need to do that from the top down. So that's why Glenn and I try and lead by example with that kind of, of code when we go into these lodges. You wear it beforehand, but not during the meeting when you're running the meeting because that's Blue Lodge. It's not a, a motorcycle meeting at that point. Um, you know, we mentioned the bringing the family aspect to it uh, and the, some of the charity work that we do. And some of the other things that, that we as a club like to do is, is the ritual work. So in Blue Lodge, I, I, I want to see good ritual work. And I like to think that uh, our riding club helps out a lot with that. So if we ever have degree work that needs to be done, I know that we can call, you know, upon the riding club and members of the club will show up to perform degrees. Um, and as well as, and unfortunately, we, we do have a, uh, the ability to do funeral work. Um, you know, we've had to do several of those in the past couple of years, but our riding club has stepped in and, and uh, we have that proficiency as well. So that's, you know, from a Masonic point, I think that's another thing we bring to the, to the riding club and to masonry in general is, is we like to do good ritual and we know that we can be called upon to help other lodges uh, should there be degree work or funeral work that needs to be done. So do you guys have similar ritual to a blue lodge in in your meetings? No, we have zero ritual in our meetings. Uh, what I'm saying is is that uh, the brothers in our riding club like to do good blue lodge work. So um, whenever we need a degree, you know, and it's it's common among all lodges that you need to call upon others because you don't have enough members that can perform all of the work for all the degrees. Uh, that's when I know that I can call upon the riding club and, and get those extra seats filled in for those degrees. Yeah. It's kind of become a little bit of a de facto uh, ritual team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and like I said, it's not that not that the team, they're all, everybody's going to take a, a spot. We're going to take over. It's just, Hey, when you need help, uh, you know, you can call the riding club guys and, and you know that you'll get good quality work. They'll actually show up. <laughs> and and uh, they're just there to help. They're just there to make yeah. sure it happens, and it's a great experience for whoever's there, whether it's a candidate or open and closing, or unfortunately, as Matt mentioned, a funeral service or something else. Yeah, well, I guess it's important when you know to get people to show up, and it's nice that they're committed uh, to Blue Lodge uh, and participation more than anything. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. You know, yep, holding no, the same standards. Is the Sons of Hiram a, a Washington-grown phenomenon? Because I've heard about it in other states, right? There's other groups. There, there is, there is uh, the potential, but the the biggest hindrance for going to other states is we require you to get Grand Lodge approval before you join and start a chapter. So a lot of people don't want to go through the work of sending in the letters and the copy of the bylaws, our copy of our logo, everything to Grand Lodge. Go through the the year-long process of getting that approval just to just to have a motorcycle club when they can go ahead and, and join someone that doesn't have a Masonic logo on them and, and still be a, a member of a, of a motorcycle club. So ours is a lot more work to get going, but in the end, it's, it's a lot to me. I feel it's, it's worth it just to have that square compass on my back. And so it and is just a Washington club, club at this point. If they uh, went through Grand Lodge to get their, their approval and they say well uh, no i'm a master mason i can wear the square and compass they can't stop me well 
technically we have to follow the guidelines of, of Grand Lodge in our state. So that's, that's why we really push that. Um, plus it keeps us from having issues where two brothers are, are arguing about something or they, they change our logo. That logo has been approved by Grand Lodge. So to change it would have to go back through Grand Lodge again. And that would, that, that stops a lot of that kind of, kind of issues. Are there other clubs around the country there? A say in what, what happens if, if we're running amok and we start acting like, like uh, ruffians, then he can pull our charter and pull our chapter and pull our logo and it, it's all done. So yeah, there, there are a bunch of other, there, there's a bunch of other motorcycle clubs that are Masons uh, out there and, and you can find them on Facebook. Uh, one of the biggest international ones that hasn't been mentioned is the Widow Sons. Uh, there's others called the Ruffians. There's, um, uh, geez, now I'm blanking on, there's, there's several others though. So, but Sons of Hiram is, is currently Links. just, uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, Lost Links is a Mason. Oh, okay. They're odd fellows. Um, okay. So Sons of Hiram is, is just a, uh, a Washington club at this point. So there are other ones. So the Sons of Hiram are the only ones out there though, that are actually sanctioned and have a charter from the Grand Lodge. We don't really have a charter. We have an approval letter from the Grand Lodge. Approval letter. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So if we went with the charter, then we would have to have just like a lodge. We'd have to have our, our meetings, we have to submit our minutes and, and get a, a, a charter number and all that this way. It's approval from the grandmaster. Uh, we went through the jurisprudence board. A couple of members of the jurisprudence board actually went on their own time and helped us write the bylaws. So it it helps keep them involved and they helped us write it to the point where we have to uh, abide by what Grand Lodge says. So that's that's that was kind of important to us anyhow. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, that would be key in getting. Uh, having more success in getting a, a chapter going in BC, um, it could be because I be. think that that's I think that that's part of their issues um, from the conversations I've had, anyway. So um, yeah, that might that might be an interesting uh, avenue to poke around the next Grand Lodge here and see if that uh, uh, gets any weight. Because I know there's uh, this past year there's been a lot of riders. Um, showing up to Grand Lodge on their bikes this year and, and this past year, and um, more and more uh, on Facebook getting together. So uh, that might be something. I'll, I'll uh, maybe I, I don't know if it's uh, uh, something you can share or not, but a part of your um, bylaws that that you know refers to the the governance of Grand Lodge. Um, if you shared that, that or, or maybe, yeah, there's probably a process you guys have for us to follow, right? David's on the uh, bylaws committee, so David has a copy of the bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and secretly, uh, I, you know, I actually have kind of plans to to utilize what has become a phenomenon kind of in Washington, this club, the idea of a club. And, and we don't really have clubs other than this Sons of Hiram riding club. It's really the only official club in Washington that I know of, but it's, it's working so well that I'd like to, uh, I have some ideas around uh, lodge proficiency and, and charters and club statuses and things that I'm floating. Uh, and so this it may become a, a model for how a lodge or how a group of guys that 
maybe they don't want to deal with the lodge anymore and the charter and the official meetings and you know the, all the all the forms and stuff, but they still want to hang out and they still want to have a presence in their city. They can become a club. Right. Not have to be a lodge anymore. Not have to fall under all those rules, but they would be a sub a subset uh, in the code for clubs for Masonic clubs. This would be like one of the very few reasons I'd miss living on the coast, right? Because it's only a couple hours away from you know getting together uh, for a ride. So you know. <laughs> a, little, a little hard to ride in, the, in three feet of snow, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not in snow yet. That, that's Calgary, man. There's a whole reason I don't live out there. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> the desert of BC here. Yeah, it might get cold right now, but we haven't got any snow. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't great. live in igloos either. I was having lunch with the uh, or breakfast with the grandmaster of Belize, and he was talking to me, and he he said, "Well, I should we should start a a uh, a motorcycle club down here as well because he liked the fundamentals of well, I took him the 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 uh, uh, six steps, and I took it took down that down to him, talked to him about, about a little bit about the club and the fundamentals about the the fellowship we have in the club, and he was eating that up. He he asked for a copy of the six steps and. And um, got the, so they're they're start they're implementing that down there now. Thank you, David. And nice. uh, we kind of help help get get that going, which I, I really appreciate because that's really made a lot lot more uh, stronger membership in our in our lodges. Wow. Um, but he's he's uh, interested in, in starting something down there. But where they're at, the biggest motorcycle they can have is a 125. <laughs> so so it would have to be a little bit of a change for for us. But that's all right. I think they could be the kids of Hiram. <laughs> <laughs> they are the new they are they just got their charter from england so <laughs> excellent um okay so if somebody who knows nothing about lodge or nothing about um you know motorcycle clubs and whatnot is watching this video what kind of me what's the message you guys want to get out there well the message want to us would be if you're if you have a love for bikes and you like to hang out with with some good-hearted people that love to give back to the community they can come out and hang out with us they don't have to they don't have to join masonry to, to hang out with us um odds are like others they will eventually join masonry um because once they're around us for a while then they we take off to our meeting and they're they're kind of staying there and riding home by themselves they realize i want to see what's behind that door <laughs> Next thing I know, the, they're they're knocking on the door. So we've we've gained quite a few masons that way, um, and we've it's kind of helped our blue lodge as well as the club. By the sounds of it, it has really strengthened your blue lodge, uh, and yeah. I'm sure a few the a few around in your area that have also been probably uh, uh, affected by uh, by that as well. Yeah, so we'll it, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just saying I was agreeing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I know that there's been a couple of our members, uh, just of our, you know, they didn't join Sons, but they joined uh, Masonic Riding Club, and they brought their membership current and have become active because they wanted to be part of the riding club or the motorcycle club. And it was uh, Widow's Sons in this case, which is another great group in Washington. The, the Widow's Sons chapter in Washington is really, I would say they're really awesome guys. I know in, in some parts of the nation, there's some conflict there, but the Washington guys are awesome. And uh, so they've brought their membership current in their blue, in the, our Blue Lodge just so they could be part of it because they require it, which is awesome. I, you know, there's there's some high standards out here. And the and the the, the Widow Sons are a great group. 
Um, I, I love hanging out with them. We, we go for rides together. Uh, and, and those that that's the, that's the other club that I, I used to help support too. Um, all the, all the members of the, of the uh, widow sons here in Washington state, you see them on the street. We're all hugging. We're saying, how you doing? Going to go have a cup of coffee. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're an excellent group of brothers, brothers to hang out with. Yeah. So they have to be Masons to be widow sons. You have to be Masons to be sons of Hiram. What's, what's the fundamental differences between the two groups? Um, the, the two, fun, the fundamental difference is one is the patch. Uh, they were, they were three patches on their back where we were one. Um, they give to the widows and orphans foundation is their main charity where ours is focused more on youth groups. Um, and, we're branched out to more of the community, like the soup ladies and, uh, and the mom and St. me. St. John's. Yeah. And what's that, Matt? I was saying St. John's, the name change. John's now. So talk about the, the, the patch a little bit if you can. And my understanding is that, you know, in, in the motorcycle club land, uh, you have to, you can't just throw a patch on your back and call yourself a club and expect to not, maybe get stopped or get look, you know, eyes crossed or uh, get a dirty look from a, from a particular group. Is there a process that you can talk about that had to happen? There, there is a huge process. Um, so, so here in, in Washington state is, is mainly a, just a bandito state. So for me to get my first five patches, I had to, I, I sent my patches, my artwork to the bandidos embroiderer who in turn, Students, he got up. He contacted the banditos, make sure that it was okay to, for him to make these. For one, he made the patches. It cost us quite a bit of money to have these first ones done, which in turn got phone calls to me from them to talk to me about what we were doing, why we were doing it, what our what our goals were. Um, the thing that helped us faster than anything was that big square and compass in the middle of our vest. Our vest. Um, a lot of the a lot of the banditos, their grandpas were masons. So they that helped out quite a bit. Uh, when you're a, when you're a, a one patch club, you're not required to join the coalition of clubs. Where a three patch club is required to join. So the coalition of clubs, they meet throughout the state, and uh, that that can get a little bit um, dicey if you're not a member of the coalition of clubs. Um, I know that uh, when when the widow widow sons first started getting big here, I would get phone calls from. The banditos I'd get a phone call from the Emerald City um, some of the other clubs around here just to find out who they were because they hadn't seen the, the patch coming through and now there was they were starting to grow in numbers here in Washington State so I had explained to them that they were their brothers they're not part of our club they're a, a separate club um, they they didn't like the idea that they have three patches without sitting down with them um, I, I believe that the uh, the president the current presidents and past presidents of the widow sons have have resolved that issue, so there there isn't a whole lot of issue with those with those clubs anymore. There's some old schoolers that really don't like it still, but they know that they're masons uh, and and they'll tolerate it because their grandpas and and great grandpas were all masons at one time. So that that's the good part about it. Hmm. Um, and you'll notice, you like for the widow sons, if they walk up and and talk to them, they they know right away that they're not they're not doing it for an attitude. And so they're, they find out they're a good group, group of guys. I kind of stopped getting phone calls from about them about a year and a half, two years ago. So it was, it sounds like things got pretty much settled down. 
but I, I worked with a lot of the, lot of the uh, big big bike club members at uh, at Boeing. So a lot of the the, uh, the Stralos, the Banditos, and and such <clears> are, are right there. And you'll notice also with our patch, it just says Grand Chapter. It doesn't uh, say Washington, like you would see with uh, some of the big motorcycle clubs out there. Uh, we don't claim territory, right? We're just a riding club. Oh, yeah, that's probably an important factor on that one. Yeah. Very cool. I uh, I understand there's quite the process here. Uh, one of the fellows who had looked into uh, trying to get it <clears throat> Uh, officially set up uh, went quite deep into it and apparently here before you would even think of getting any artwork done or that you have to approach the other clubs here and get their kind of permission um, before you even bother going to Grand Lodge to to find yeah. out because you know no matter if Grand Lodge likes it or not with respect to the local clubs here yeah, that's that is a great idea to to go talk to your local clubs around there first. Um, usually, the biggest club around there is if they if they give the permission, then they'll back you on, on everything else. Um, we had a an incident about uh, about eight years ago at one called a, a toy run here in, in Olympia. Uh, one of our members, our founding members, worshipful brother uh, Tony Holloway, and I were standing there, and a guy walked up and grabbed him and spun him around to look at his back. About that time, three banditos came up, grabbed the guy, and pushed him off him. And said, "Hey, he's okay. He's with us. You leave him alone." So that that kind of getting the the big clubs out there, they they pretty much watch each other's back. So, and especially to us little guys, we're we're right there. We're a social club or city club, whichever you want to call us. Um, they they know that we're there for for one purpose, and that's charity and and giving back to the community. So that helps us out quite a bit. So it's a so it is a it is a real story. It's not an urban myth. I thought maybe it was an urban myth about that. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, easy to see why David found a, a, a liking to join. <laughs> well, and yeah. it, 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 Tony's not a guy you'd want to want to have turned, grabbed and turned around. But, uh, you know, being Masonic, uh, you know, I'm sure his his hands were in his pockets at that moment. Yes, they were. And, and I learned all these, all these stories and rules about motorcycling after joining the club, like it was no big deal. And I, then I was thinking, what did I join? <laughs> I didn't know any of these rules. Yeah, no kidding. I'm constantly when, when I'm riding and these guys again chide me, I'm a pretty fair weather rider. Uh, when I'm riding, I'm constantly looking at patches and think, boy, do they know what they're doing? You know, some guys have these patches on. I think, well, I hope, I hope they know what they're doing, but yeah. Well, it's like anything else, though. If you if you treat them with respect, they treat you back with respect. And and as soon as you throw an attitude up, they're going to throw an attitude back at you. So, which keeps what keeps me in check is that as having that square and compass on me. I, I I'm not just representing myself or my club. I'm I'm representing our fraternity, and I want to have all the respect in the world for the for Masons and and our Masonic fraternity and brothers. Yeah. So, so if a if a guy's watching and he he's a mason and he wants to start a a, a chapter in that state, then he would get a hold of you or province or province. Excuse me. Yeah. Province, yeah. <laughs> uh, go to sonsofhiram dot com and contact you, Glenn. I guess and uh, and then they'd have to get their approval, get the patch, and get the approval from their grand lodge and all that. Yeah, and I'll I'll work with them. I'll I'll send them the send them the 
the letter that that I had from uh, from our grandmaster. I'll send them the the copy of the bylaws, the kind of introduction letter that we have on what our history and why we're why we do this. Um, and I can help answer any questions they have for their grandmaster or their jurisprudence board if they like. Um, it's it's been a positive influence for me and the community around us. So, and it's also brought our, our kind of brought our families all together. So when we leave for lodge every once every month or once a week, yeah, for some of us to have multiple lodges and multiple <laughs> chapters and York right and Scottish right and, uh, but uh, it it gets something they're involved in as well. So it kind of helps gives me time to spend with my wife, which is nice. Well, and the other thing too is uh, that. All of the past, all the grandmasters and many of the past grandmasters have become honorary members, right? So they're basically a, a part of our group, and they all get a form of the vest. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so we started when we well, actually when we started the the, uh, the chapter as an, as kind of a gift to the first grandmaster, the um, most forceful uh, Mike Sanders. We gave him a vest and kind of thank you. And he and we were doing it in private. We didn't want to do it in lodge. And he insisted we do it in lodge, so we ended up giving us a vest in lodge. Um, after as we went through that, the next grandmaster we gave in lodge. Um, then we came up to uh, most worshipful Jim Mendoza, who had a, a, a breast cancer awareness ribbon and the square compass on his on his <coughs> logo. So that one we actually I, I liked that that logo so much I had it. With Matt and I talked about it, and we we went and talked to our embroiderer, and we had that embroidered on the back of a vest. We gave him one, and we also gave one to his wife, uh, with the uh, with her uh, widow's or uh, uh, grandmaster's. What is was the grandmaster's wife? And the grandmaster's no, wife it was it was the grand, it was the grandmaster's uh, logo for the year. That's what we were putting on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so had we, a he, he had a three a three color logo that was uh, for breast cancer and for. Uh, other cancer and, and, and Blue Lodge masonry. So it was a really neat logo. Yeah. So then after that, we started doing the next year, we did the Grandmaster's logo on the back of the vest. Then the next year, we did another Grandmaster. So this year, uh, the Grandmaster uh, said, well, take that money and put it towards the charity. I'd, I'd really rather have it do that than, than have another vest. Well, one of our members is a good friend with him. And so if you're, if you're watching this, uh, most forceful, you're not getting a vest from the club, <laughs> but you're getting a vest anyhow. So <laughs> we got together where, and we're, we, we donated that money, the normal money that we would get to the vest. We donate it to his charity. And then out of our pockets, we, we, we got together. Actually, uh, worshipful brother, uh, John Smiley bought a vest for him and it's, uh, sitting over at the broader shop right now. And I sent Matt an email if he could go pick it up for him. You know, we really cool guys is to get uh, some of the guys together and, and get one of those kind of big checks and ride down to watch Masonic Charities and do a big donation in the, in the that lobby. That'd be really cool. So how are we going to get checks on a bike though? You got to carry. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, a big black van, follow us. We'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get watch Masonic Charities to have it down there. I rock a minivan. I could be your support crew. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You can put all the signs in the back of the minivan. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, guys, we really, really appreciate you coming on the show again and uh, being part of this and, and talking about it. And, of course, you're always welcome, and, and uh, we, we really, really enjoy it. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a great conversation. I appreciate the time. I really appreciate you guys making the time, and 
I'm sure that uh, down the road we may ask you to come back. Sounds yeah, good. Great. Hopefully we can you, we can come back when you have your chapter up there. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> come for the long ride. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on that note. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for watching this episode of the Working Tools Podcast. <laughs>